Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Network. And right now, I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. Hope everyone had a wonderful weekend and is ready for an awesome new week with Monday now upon us. I'm going to be talking about a bunch of stuff that happened during the weekend and on Friday. Of course, the big stuff we're going to get into is that Spider-Man is finally back into the MCU after a month or so of discussions between Sony and Marvel. I'm also going to be talking about Travis Knight directing the the excuse me Nathan Drake Uncharted film. I'm also going to be talking about the Spies in Disguise trailer and so much more. But as always, I'm going to be recapping this weekend's box office, which saw a surprise at the number one spot after last week's number one surprise with Downton Abbey. Universal's Abominable came in at number one, grossing $20 million in its opening weekend. A little bit of a surprise that, especially with the box office that we had last weekend with Downton Abbey grossing $31 million, people thought that might have had a shot to maybe repeat before Joker comes out next week. But with Abominable, surprisingly, Universal came out on top once again because Down Abbey is a part of Focus Feature, which is is a, uh, a sub-studio under Universal. So Universal has won t- really two straight weekends at the box office. And I was reading an interesting tweet from Eric Davis, the managing editor over, over at Fandango, and he was saying that Universal, with Down Abbey included, now has seven to eight of the, not not the biggest, but seven or eight number one opening weekends this year in 2019 and what's surprising about that is that disney only has six now that's really because disney has really only had six releases when you count captain marvel dumbo avengers endgame aladdin toy story 4 and lion king that's pretty much it so every single one of disney's major releases has come out to a number one opening spot it's just that universal with all of its of all all of its sub studios that they have along with what disney has as well it's, it was able to come out on top, and I think a few of these are surprises that nobody really saw coming, like an Abominable, like a Downton Abbey, which nobody saw really eclipsing Ad Astra or Rambo, a Sly Stallone movie nonetheless. So I think those two are big surprises that Universal wasn't expecting to get the number one box office spot. But nonetheless, it is the number that... It has the most number ones at the box office this year so far. And I think we have to put a big asterisk there because... Universal has still a few movies coming out, but so does Disney, and they have three potential, two bona fide number one spots at the box office. Those number ones are Frozen 2 and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Those are going to be number one. It's just about how much money are they going to make. And then the second one, or excuse me, the third one, which I'll talk about a little later on, is Maleficent Mistress of Evil, which was, right now is on track to gross a good amount of money. And could potentially take the number one spot on October 18th during that weekend. So Disney, even though it's only at six, every single one of the six hits have been number one, have been number one hits for them in terms of grossing its opening weekend. So, but still though, for Universal's is a big one, especially for this studio in particular in the animation department. It's great for them for DreamWorks to to get on this. It's directed by the first female to direct a major motion animated picture as a co-director. And it stars Chloe Bennett, who I really love in Agent of the Shield, and it stars Sarah Paulson as well. So I'm really happy that this movie got the attention. And also I think being the only family film in the last month or so, really. And there, other than Abominable, there hasn't been one in September. And really, the last big family film was the Angry Birds movie 2 in 
middle to late August. So this is really a refresher for families before Adam's Family comes out in about two weeks or so. So Abominable was able to take the number one spot at the box office. Then coming in at number two was Down Abbey, which had a little bit of a dip at the box office. Coming in at number two, $14 million, 53% drop-off compared to what it grossed in its opening weekend, 31%, uh, excuse me, not 31%, $31 million. It was a bit of a of, of a downer for Downton Abbey, if you may, but still, it's right now it's world not worldwide, but its domestic gross is fifty eight million dollars, which is pretty good for this movie, especially being a surprise hit. This really will count as a surprise hit for how many people went to actually go see the movie, and also the fact that it had a bunch of early screenings before it was released last weekend, and that accounted for two point two million dollars of those sales. So I think people who wanted to see it. This this is another example of front-loading where a movie does great its opening weekend and then kind of teeters off a little bit in its second, third, fourth weekend. And so I think this is a case of that where people rush to go see it opening weekend and the main fans, the hardcore fans of the show, which is what Down Downton Abbey is based off of, went to go see the movie and they really enjoyed what they saw and that's all they wrote on that one, I think. So I definitely think there definitely will be some sequel talk for this one. But I don't. But we'll probably hear about that more in the future. But right now, Downton Abbey, the film, is enjoying the run that it's going on right now. Coming out at number two this weekend, grossing fourteen million dollars, and then surprisingly, a bump up in its high box office revenue grossing is Hustlers, a movie starring Constance Wu, Jennifer Lopez, directed by Lorenz Scafia. It's a film that now has eleven million dollars in its third weekend, eighty million dollars. In its domestic gross, and again, I said it it was, it was at number five last weekend in its second weekend of release, and now in its third weekend, it bumps up to number three. So people are still really excited to see this movie. They want to know the talk of the town is between the actual film and Jennifer Lopez's performance. So I definitely think there's a lot of hype around this movie still, and it'll be definitely an Oscar buzz. I think will be building for this movie, especially for Jennifer Lopez, who's been garnering the most critical acclaim that I've ever seen for performance for her. She was just announced to do the Super Bowl halftime show with Shakira. So I think the brand of Jennifer Lopez is going to also help keep this movie in place for weeks and weeks to come, I think, and especially leading into November and when we really get into Oscar season with Hustlers. And then coming on at number four is It Chapter 2, staying at that exact spot from last weekend, grossing another $10 million to add to its 193 domestic box office run. And this is just another good win for Warner Brothers with It Chapter 2, a great run for it right now in terms of its box office overall. Why not the same effect that the first It had in 2017? It's still in its own merit, a huge success story for Warner Brothers and for It Chapter 2. It comes in at number 4. Then coming in at number 5 and 6 with a big dip, especially for number 5, Ad Astro grossing another $10 million, but only adding $35 million domestically to its name and had an 80 million dollar budget it's not even grossing over its budget right now this has to be big of a worry for disney who bought fox and has been just trying to to release these films out there just so all this hard work doesn't go to waste and i think this is one they positioned to hopefully have success and it seems like it's going to be a story of great critical reception and but the box office returns just aren't there i'm sure they're Holding on to dear life, that Ford v. Ferrari, which is more of an Oscar-buzzy movie than Ad Astra has been, even though Ad Astra's been getting some acclaim ever since coming out of Venice, 
But Ford v. Ferrari, I think, is their golden goose for Disney in terms of any of the, the Fox editions that have come out this year for them. And so I think they're hoping for that financial acclaim, as the critical acclaim has without a doubt been there, as it's been getting a lot of awards buzz for the film, for Christian Bale's performance, and for James Mangold. But Ad Asher comes in at $10 million. At 6, it's Rambo Last Blood with 8 $8.5 million, scoring $33 million. and this is one that it'll be able to eclipse its actual budget. It only had around a 60 or so million dollar budget, and so I think the, the Sylvester Stallone film will be able to write off into the sunset with a positive in the win column for Rambo Last Blood. And then coming in at number seven is Judy, the Renee Zellweger film about the, uh, the biopic about Judy Garland, who was an actress who was considered one of the greatest performers of all time she had an amazing voice but tragically passed way 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 too early in all of our lives years ago and this is really the telling of her last year on 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 the planet and performing and whatnot before she passed away before she died really not even passed away but she died and for judy this is a film that's been gaining another big awards darling that is going to get a lot of traction, especially for Zegler's performance as Judy Garland. I've been dying to see this movie. I'm hoping to see it soon so I can put a review out here for you guys to hear about. But Judy coming in at number seven and is one of the few ones right now to kick off award season in the right way as it's one of the first ones out of the festival circuit to make its way into theaters. It only came out at around 500 theaters or so as it's in limited release, but over the next few weeks, it'll start making its big push to expand in theaters and hit the thousands soon enough so everyone can see what all the hype is about for Judy. And then coming out at number eight is Good Boys grossing another $2 million, $80 million domestically in its gross at the box office and a great success story again for Universal which this was another surprise win for the company as Good Boys really is I think one of the huge success stories both critically and financially of the year with Jacob Tremblay and I really enjoyed that movie when it came out which I can't believe it was a little over a month and a half ago for Good Boys but that comes in at number eight then coming at number nine which is fantastic that's still at the top of the box office and it's 11th weekend is the Lion King grossing another 1.6 million dollars for a 540 and 1.6 billion dollar gross at the box office and I've been saying it for weeks and there's there's nothing else to really say about it it's just the fact that again in its 11th week it's still in the top 10 at the box office however unfortunately I don't think it'll be there next weekend with Joker coming out and I think we're gonna see a few more films kind of bumped down and I think that'll take the Lion King out of the top 10 for the first time since it was released on July 16th almost a little over two and a half months ago in the theaters and then coming in at number 10 is Angel Has Fallen grossing another 1.5 million dollars for 67 million dollars domestically and I think this is going to be uh, for Lionsgate uh, a win a win for them in, in the win column and I think we'll be we'll be hearing more about a sequel to Angel Has Fallen in the coming future days and, and months and weeks when we hear about that but I wouldn't be surprised if we heard a sequel for Angel Has Fallen but guys that's going to be it for this edition of the Box Office Recap let me know what you guys think down below of all the results that happened this weekend and what you think will happen this weekend with Joker coming out finally in theaters after all the hype and buzz for Joker let me know how much you think it'll make in its opening weekend will it make 80 will it make it north more of 100 million let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts 
So now the next story we're getting into is the biggest one that happened on Friday. I was just I was so busy, guys, to do a podcast on Friday that there was just so much that came in that I just decided to leave until Monday to really go over it. But the big story coming out this weekend is Spidey is back in the MCU. After weeks of hearing about talks breaking down between Sony and Marvel Studios, aka Disney, and that Spidey would be just going back to Sony and not be included in the MCU, people were up in flames about it, but finally cooler heads prevailed and Sony and Disney have agreed to a deal in which Spidey will be back for one more solo Spidey movie in the MCU and one more Avengers film in the mcu stratosphere and tom holland will be back along with the cast of such as zendaya and the the the, the guy who plays his friend ned stark and marissa tomei and everyone will be back happy hopefully is back john favreau they will all be back to be in the mcu once again and to me when i heard this news i, I was shocked i i will say i was shocked that it got done that it actually got done that it wasn't i i had a feeling that maybe it would be done Maybe next year or so, they'll wait a little bit, they'll wait to see how everything else goes around. But for them and for them to get it done now, I think it's it's incredible that they did it in one month. And I guess Sony doesn't think that Kevin Feige has a lot on his plate, even though announcing that he's doing another Star Wars or he's doing a Star Wars movie. But it, it, it really came down to the to the money. It was Disney won a fifty fifty, which even for a guy who loves Disney and loves what they're doing, that is asking way too much of the other studio, especially co-financing rights of all of the sony's property within the spider-man universe sony wasn't going for that and that is not included in the deal but disney does get a 25 percent bump which is rightfully so i mean they get a, they do a lot of the creative process of making these movies and so i think they definitely needed a bump up from five percent but 50 was way too much but i definitely think 25 is a is a perfect happy medium for both companies and i think it was great when tom holland posted a a Instagram page video of the Wolf of Wall Street when Leonardo DiCaprio's character is on that speech and he's saying, this is my home. Like, I'm not leaving that stuff. I absolutely love that. I think it just shows the emotion that even though he was playing the good guy and he and he was playing the, you know, everything's going to be okay. Everything's cool. I'm happy to just be playing Spider-Man. Deep down, you knew that he was not happy about leaving the MCU and, and the opportunity that he had to be in the MCU playing Spider-Man, a beloved character and a beloved franchise and universe, I think really meant a lot to him. And I think that in everybody's emotion, you saw it in Zendaya's post as well. She posted a little animation gif of Spider-Man dancing. So I think for everybody that was involved with this, it, it means a lot to have them. And I think the, the question is, is this going to be it, or are we going to come at an impasse again, and then Spider-Man will come back in another deal? We don't know yet, and I think between Kevin Feige's comments and, and what he said, he said that, I'm thrilled that Spider-Man's journey in the MCU will continue, and I know, excuse me, and I know, and uh, all of us at Marvel Studios are very excited that we get to keep working on it, said Marvel topper Kevin Feige. This comes from, uh, the quote comes from the article at Hollywood Reporter, which one of, was one of the first ones to break the story. Spider-Man is a powerful icon and hero whose story crosses all ages and audiences around the globe. He also happens to be the only hero with the superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as Sony continues to develop their Spider-Verse, you never know what surprises the future might hold, as that could be an indication that Spidey could share both universes with Venom and Tom Hardy and what Sony's doing with the Spider-Verse, with, with Miles Morales, and then what the MCU is doing as well. So maybe... 
part of the agreement is maybe Sony will allow Spider-Man or Marvel will allow Spider-Man to be in the Sony-verse because in these contracts, people are saying, well, how come Marvel is saying that like, Sony's taking it from Marvel that they can't appear in these movies? And that's because Marvel has creative control over Spider-Man. Sony puts out all the marketing. They get all the box office revenue. They, they do a lot of the marketing and, and the promotional material. Whereas Marvel, Kevin Feige, they are the creative content. They deliver on the actual story and the actual movie itself, whereas it's more financial for Sony for making that money. So Marvel didn't want Tom to appear in the Venom movie, and they said you have to take him out of there because it will confuse people. But it seems like maybe Kevin Feige might be letting up a little bit in the fact that, you know what, maybe we can allow him to be in that universe or whatnot. So... I think all that has to do with it, and I and I'm when it came out. Listen, I'm so happy that the studio saw the end of the light. And what's more important is that Spider-Man is where he belongs in the MCU with all these characters, introducing new characters like Fantastic Four, like a oh, what's another one? Oh, the X-Men potentially as well. If, if I had to guess, he'd probably be doing more of introducing Fantastic Four than he would actually x-men but either way it's just introducing these characters invoking interacting with these characters like you did with iron man or captain america i think it, it's it's wonderful for 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 spider-man and it's wonderful for him and the character and for tom holland but also for the fans which when i said that when spider-man was lost from the mcu even though both studios would have been fine on their own sony would have done something and i think also it's the story that it's for the writers. I'm sure they went in and they're like, listen, we can't work around this. We have to go back and include the MCU in it. Because the way they left off Far From Home in the summer, it was just no way you could have just completely cut ties and, and disregard things that happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You had to keep it in there. And so I think in terms of that, they kept it there. And also for the fans, it's the fans won out of all this. They get to keep Spider-Man and the MCU just a little bit longer, and whether we do get his swan song in the next Avengers movie or whatnot, I think is something that could happen, but not completely sure yet. I, I, this is something that could change it. The next movie is supposed to come out until July 2021, so maybe a few years down the line, Spider-Man 3 makes over a billion dollars once again, and Sony and Marvel, especially Sony, sees that, you know what? Let's just keep working it out with Disney. Let's just keep working this out, and Maybe it just keeps on happening. We'll see, but Spider-Man is back in the MCU. And guys, what do you think of this? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. And really quick, I want to get into another good piece of news for Tom Holland, which is Travis Knight is directing the new Uncharted film, which is based off of the video game with Nathan, Nathan Drake. It's starring Tom Holland as more as a, of a younger kind of Nathan Drake. And basically, Uncharted is a video game that is basically the Indiana Jones version of a video game. And for Uncharted, I think having a director like like Travis Knight, especially after what he came off with Bumblebee and Kubo and the Two Strings, is terrific. I think he'll capture the tone of what they want to actually do with this movie, what kind of personality they want to get out of Tom Holland. I think it's perfect. So I think Travis Knight is a great choice for them. I can't wait to see what he does with Uncharted. And for Tom Holland, I mean, around the same time when Spider-Man was announced to be out of the MCU, he lost... The, the last director for Uncharted, so there was a bit of a lull period for Tom, but now it's sh sunshine and daisies for Tom Holland and everything that he's in right now. But guys, what do you think of Uncharted 
Travis Knight coming in. Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. And now going to a trailer section real quick. I want to talk about the Spies in Disguise trailer, which is directed by Nick Bruno, Troy Queen, and is starring or has the voice cast of Will Smith, Tom Holland once again, Rashida Jones, Ben Mendelsohn, Rachel Bronson, and Karen Gillan, and DJ Khaled. And this is a movie in which a scientist transforms this cool suave super secret agent into a pigeon and is kind of has him in a disguise and trying to stop this evil madman and this is a big one for blue skies because this is the first blue sky studio film under the disney brand with fox so there's a lot riding on this as well but i think it looks really cool the animation looks fun will smith and tom holland even though it's animation their voice chemistry their voice acting has chemistry i think in there and so I do think this is going to be a fun time at the movies for families. If they have seen already Jumanji and Star Wars, or if those are all sold out, definitely go see Spies in Disguise. It seems like it's going to be one that people should be checking out in the next few months. But guys, what do you think of Spies in Disguise? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now going on to another bit of news. It's concerning the Spider-Verse in which a Madam Web movie is being developed at Sony with the Morbius writers. And now this is this is interesting because I remember hearing about a Madam Web in the Spider-Man animated series in the 90s that she was kind of this all-seeing kind of oracle if we're making comparison from the Matrix in which she sees everything that goes on in all the universes and she recruits Spider-Man and all the Spider-Men. And so I think making a Madam Web movie is a very interesting move. And they have the Morbius writers who wrote the Morbius movie that's coming out next year with Jared Leto. And so I think they're getting not a writer's group, but they're getting people that can make this consistency for their Spider-Verse that they're trying to do now. Especially and what I'm happy about with Spider-Man as well is the fact that Marvel can, can focus on Peter Parker and Sony can go back to focusing on these movies while maybe making way for Tom Holland to appear in these as well. But I just think that they're able to focus on Venom 2. They're able to focus on Morbius more and Madam Web and the Spider-Verse. Because they have so many incredible things going on with that universe itself that I think they don't need to worry about Spider-Man. Let's let Marvel handle Spider-Man right now. So I'm really happy about that. But for them to do a Madam Web movie, I think is really, really interesting. So that's what I'm really looking forward to and seeing how that connects to the Spider-Verse all around. If it'll connect to everything that goes on between Miles Morales and Eddie Brock and Morbius, I think it'll be a really interesting one to watch. Now, going on to another bit of casting news, and that's Jodie Comer is joining Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in a film in which basically these two friends or two people that know each other, one sexually assaults the other's friend and that friend goes out to kill the other friend and it seems really weird, and that's being produced by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, and starring the both of them. But at the same time, Ridley Scott is directing this movie. And there's been a lot of controversy surrounding this in terms of the premise and the fact that Jodie Comer is signing on because she just won the Emmy for Killing Eve, and which she plays, even though she's a psychopath villain, she plays this strong woman, this female, and that they're surprised that she would take on a role like this, but... She feels like this is going to be the next role for her, then I think she should take it, run with it, and see what happens. I think she's a terrific actress from the clips that I've seen her in with Killing Eve. She looks terrific. She sounds terrific. She, I cannot wait to see her break out in bigger roles and do bigger things in movies as well. So, hey, if she thinks this is the role for her, then by all means, go out and, and do your thing. I definitely think that 
seeing getting more just just getting yourself out there more despite what you do i think sets you up for the bigger projects down the line but guys what do you think of jody comer joining ben affleck and matt damon in their film let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts and then finally guys the next few things i want to get into is that the theaters will be beefing up security and not allowing any kind of costumes for the Joker. Now, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding the Joker. While it's gotten some really great reviews that are coming out of Venice and Toronto, there's still a lot of controversy behind it for the for the Aurora victims of that they're not supporting the movie and that the, the actual theater is not going to be showing the Joker movie and that they want them, they want Warner Brothers to pay to stop gun violence and that there's just a lot of big political talk going on with this movie and people are worried about it and so the theaters are not allowing especially a landmark and not allowing any costumes to be allowed in during seeing the Joker and then of course another big one is with the fact that the the that that theaters aren't going to be having anything going on for the actual movie itself and that they're not going to allow any masks, any makeup, any costumes whatsoever. And that also, during the premiere, Warner Brothers announced that there will be no journalists, video journalists at all, or press around, that there will only be photojournalists to take the pictures. And I think Warner Brothers just wants this movie to kind of just go in, do what it's going to do in terms of the box office, critically, socially, and then make a run at award season and try to get through without too much of a hitch, even though I think all press is good is good press. There's never really such a thing as bad press as long as you get people talking about what it is that you have, I think, is really interesting. And I think it's also big in terms of the fact that that this is a, a movie that I think is it's gonna spark a lot of debate. It's gonna be sparking a lot of controversy in a way as well, I think. So I think this is a, a, a movie that's going to – I'm excited for this movie. I think it's going to be a movie that does really, really well at the box office. I, I'm really excited for it. Joaquin Phoenix seems to deliver a incredible performance that I'm excited about. So even though there's a lot of controversy around this, I think this is just something that is just going to come with this kind of movie. It's been building up for a long time, and it's just now boiling over so – I think we're going to see now what happens going forward with Joker. But guys, what do you think? Are you excited about Joker? What do you think about all this stuff that's happening with it? Let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. And then, guys, finally, one of the last things I want to get into is the new Kingsman trailer dropped last night on Sunday night. And it stars Ray Fiennes. It stars Jaiman Hansu. It stars Gemma Arrington. Basically, it's a prequel to everything that's come beforehand from the two Kingsman sequels. And I'm... Honestly, I was skeptical at first, but seeing this trailer, even though it has some similarities to the first Kingsman, I'm really digging the vibe that it's giving. It's got an, an old feel to it with World War One, and I think the fact that even though they take some of the tropes, they add some new things to it, they allow to maybe explore the mythology, and Ray Fiennes looks like he's having the time of his life, kind of playing the Secret Service agent that knows the business, and he plays basically the Colin Firth of this movie, in which he's just a insanely respected and beloved super secret agent, and I think Ray Fiennes plays that. Now, will he bite the bullet like Harry does in the first movie? I don't know, but at the same time, I'm really looking forward to this movie and what it brings to it, then. even though it's not going to really rely on historical context as much, but just to see where this movie goes, I'm really excited about it. 
and I think I'm really excited about when it comes out, which is February of next year. Guys, are you excited about The Kingsman? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. And then, guys, one last thing that I really want to get into is box office projections for October 18th. Now, I'm going to have this week, I'm going to have my preview for October, my recap, my top films of both October and of this past month in September. But there's been a few articles that have been coming out regarding the forecasting of this September, or excuse me, this no, this October, and especially October 18th, in which Maleficent 2 and Zombieland Double Tap is going to be coming out for people to see, and that's going to be a very competitive weekend in which you have two beloved sequels coming out to films that were huge box office hits years and years ago with Maleficent. It was in 2014, and with Zombieland, it was in 2009. So it's been 10 years or so since this movie has really come out for for people to see. And for Disney, this this is another big step for them in their domination of 2019. We've had a little bit of break with them in terms of their studio films with Lion King being the last film that we got from them in July. So this is the next big movie. We've had like a two-month layoff about it. And so people are wondering how much of this is this movie going to make. And right now, box office projections have it at around $50 million dollars. For Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, starring Angelina Jolie, Elle Fanning, and Michelle Pfeiffer, which is a stacked female cast. And then, of course, we have Zombieland Double Tap, which, with the first movie, it made, it had a budget of around $23 million. But with Zombieland Double Tap, it's really interesting that right now people are projecting that Double Tap has the potential to do $30 million. And so, between Maleficent's 50 and Zombieland's 30 million, that could be a big weekend at the box office. I think something like we saw last weekend with Ad Astra, Rambo, and Downton Abbey, I think it's something that we can really, that could be interesting to look at down the line. And I think it's one to really look out for and see and to experience at the same time as well. And so I think between Woody Harrelson and Angelina Jolie, you got star power there. I think October 18th is shaping up to be an incredible weekend in October, but Will it be able to be Joker? I'm not really sure because that movie seems to be going to be breaking the record that was set last year by Venom, in which that was around 80, yeah, 82 million dollars was the record, and so right now it's going to be up to Joker or Maleficent or Zombieland or maybe even something like Gemini and break that record. But I think it's probably going to be Joker. But there's still a lot of great films that are going to be coming out in October that could make an impact, kind of like what Hustlers did and with what Downton Abbey and Abominable has done this weekend as well. So I think those movies are going to be interesting to watch out. I cannot wait to see them. The hype around that seems real. So guys, what do you think? What are you interested about seeing that weekend more? Maleficent Mistress of Evil or Zombieland Double Tap? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. But guys, that's going to be it for this edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also make sure to tune in on the Ambiguous Network and also make sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on there such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. Also check out Goal Driven Professionals, geared toward improving client relations, return on investment and customer acquisition costs for independent business and services. You can check them on their website, ambiguousproduction.com also on Facebook and Twitter at Real Ambiguous. Also make sure to follow me after you do all that stuff on social media on Twitter at Basel Samuel, that's B-U-S-S-E-L-L S-A-M-U-E-L and on facebook 
at Zambasel. Thank you guys again so much, and until next time, keep on screening.